You're listening to Motor Mouth with Andrew McCready and David Booth. For the past three decades, journalist David Booth has been offering his opinions, his observations, and yes, even some grievances about all things automotive in his popular Motormouth column in the National Post and on Driving.ca. Today, Motormouth begins a new era with this podcast, in which you'll be able to listen to David's unique takes on an industry that is undergoing seismic changes in Canada and around the world. He'll still be writing his weekly Motormouth column, and the podcast will see him expand on the topics and issues he raises in those writings. I'm Andrew McCready, and I will serve as host of the Motormouth podcast, doing my best to stay out of David's way, but also to challenge him from time to time on some of his more controversial opinions. And believe me, there will be many of those. Hello, David. Hey, how you doing, Andrew? Very well. Looking forward to this. Should be fun. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, I do like the format. Um, uh, we can explain and enlarge on some of the thoughts that I have. I only, I'm supposed to keep it to a thousand words, though I never do when it's a motormouth call. Well, fortunately, with podcasts, it doesn't count words, so we should be able to really get into it. So, for for the first motormouth podcast, we're going to dive deeper into one of your most recent motormouth columns, in which you question the effectiveness of Canada's just announced zero emission vehicle mandate. In that mandate, the federal government has outlawed the sales of passenger cars powered by fossil-fueled internal combustion engines as of 2035. The roadmap to that goal calls for automakers to sell at least 20% EVs of their annual volume in 2026, 43% by 2029, 60% by 2030, and 83% by 2033. So what's wrong with this schedule, David? Well, um, it's, I mean, the schedule itself is, is not necessarily bad or good, though I will say this, the, um, it's much more aggressive than even California's. It goes up, ours in Canada will go up about 6.25% uh, market share per year, where California's, which is considered ultra aggressive in the United States, is 4.5% uh, a year. It's a very much a front loaded um, um, schedule. Um, and, and frankly, it's just way, way too ambitious. Um, uh, I, we'll get on later, uh, if you'd like, uh, on whether they should even have a ZEV mandate. But this is very, very, very ambitious. And what I would say is that currently there are only two provinces that have um, um, electric car um, consumer subsidies that are on top of the $5,000 that the f uh, federal government kicks in when you buy a new, a new EV. And those two provinces are doing quite gangbusters. I think they're, they're fin finished 2022 around 8% um, in Quebec and maybe 10% or 11% possibly in, in, in where you are in British Columbia. But the rest of the provinces are way, way behind. And so I did some rough calculations. Um, uh, the the um, provinces that have uh, augmented subsidies, i.e. they give, uh, in the case of Quebec, $7,000 on top of the $5,000 that the feds give, which accounts, uh, if you buy an EV in, uh, uh, in, in Quebec, $12,000. Um, they, uh, the, the entire provincial, uh, their percentage of the entire Canadian fleet is about 40% of the 1.7 million cars 
that we need to, um, uh, that we sell every year. So take the 40% for, um, for, uh, for um, uh, 2028, I think it is. Basically, those um, uh, provinces would have to be somewhere around 60 to 70% themselves to accommodate for the fact that Ontario doesn't have a provincial subsidy. It uh, sells the most cars. Uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan uh, don't have subsidies. They sell quite a few cars. And none of these provinces have subsidies in question. So if they get to, say, by 2028, 10% of, the, uh, of their sales in those provinces are EVs, qualified EVs, then the British Columbia and Quebec will have to be somewhere between 70 and 80 percent so that the average comes out to the 40 percent. I, I, I realize that um, uh, EVs are selling quite well in British Columbia and they're very popular in Quebec as well. But the, the way the schedule is built up uh, that you just mentioned and what the uh, realistic sales going forward in those non-subsidizing provinces is like, there's just no way that it it can be hit. It's far too aggressive. So what is the purpose of the mandate apart from, let's say, you know, I'm not going to say virtue signaling by the, by governments of all levels, but at, at the heart of it, what is it trying to accomplish? Who is it putting pressure on? Well, the the ZEV mandate is is a second tier of this subsidization I just talked about. So the subsidization is to encourage um, citizens, Canadians, to buy an electric car uh, as opposed to a gas car. Uh, as I said, the feds give 5,000, um, Quebec gives 7,000, so 12,000 total. What's the total in your province now? 6,000. 6,000. So you guys get 11,000 in all when you buy a full battery um, uh, 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 powered vehicle. So so they've got the consumer side of the thing. Um, um, but with a price, uh, with a, you have to, uh, the caveat is with a price threshold. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the price threshold is actually quite complicated. It's normally 55,000 and 60,000, but then to allow more of the expensive EVs in, what they do is, yes, the base price, some sort of stripper that nobody buys, um, uh, has to be below a certain threshold. But then you're allowed to add either fifteen or $20,000 in options so that by the time you've done with a, a, an electric SUV, for instance, you're good to up to about $80,000. So, I mean, that's to accommodate the fact that uh, electric vehicles are not getting uh, less expensive. Um, 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 in fact, in fact, uh, to be honest with you, one of my complaints on the ZEV mandates is by um, subsidizing the purchase of the um, of the car to the consumer, it doesn't put any pressure on the um, on the uh, manufacturers to reduce their cost. For instance, um, China just reduce their ZEV subsidies as of uh, December 31st. And all of a sudden, all these automakers that were saying that they can't get their cars cheaper in China managed to take off about the equivalent of $5,000 US off their MSRPs um, because they had it all in hand. So subsidies never make anything cheaper. But that's another point. Um, you were asking about the ZEV mandate. That's a second uh, tier of stuff. So we've got the consumers 
now um, satisfied, they get large subsidies, they're encouraged to buy them. Now we have to encourage, I guess is the government's uh, words, uh, with the ZEV mandate for um, uh, automakers to actually build and then sell the, Z, uh, the, the battery electrics. And what they're basically doing is saying, um, if, let's use your 2028 um, um, example, uh, you're allowed to, you must sell 40% of, of, of your vehicles, uh, of your total fleet that you sell in any given year. If say you sell 200,000 cars, 80,000 of them must be ZEVs. The other 120,000 by default are allowed to be gas. But then that's a limitation, of course, because they're selling a lot more. Anybody that's selling 200,000 cars a year right now is selling a lot more than 120,000 gas cars. If you go over that um, um, limit, you basically impose a fine. You're, you're given a credit for every ZEV that you're, uh, allow, you, you sell. And if you don't have enough credits to offset how, uh, how many uh, um, gas-powered cars uh, you were also allowed to sell in that same time frame, you have to pay a fine or buy a credit from somebody. Uh, right now, the going price is um, $20,000 for one of those credits. In other words, let's just say, let's just take uh, any automaker. Let's say Honda, okay? They sell 20,000, uh, 200,001 cars total in 2028. Um, 80,000 of them are electrics. Um, 120,001 are, um, are uh, gasoline powered. Well, they owe, some, uh, they owe the government 20,000 bucks or they buy a credit. If they go 10,000 uh, cars over, in other words, they sell 80,000 80, electrics and 130,000 gas-powered cars, well, it's 10,000 times 20,000, which is 20 million, okay? So they, uh, there's a $20 million fine. Basically, every car you, um, 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 you sell over your allotment, you're gonna have a really big charge depending on who you talk to, it might be less than 20,000 because somebody like Tesla might sell you a credit. But if they run out of credits to sell, uh, either they don't sell enough electric vehicles to supply every manufacturer that goes over their allotment, then you're going to uh, have to pay the government 20,000 bucks. And which basically means they won't sell you a car. So the most challenging um, aspect of electric vehicles in Canada, apart from charging infrastructure, that, which is well documented, is supply of cars. You, you just can't get one. There's no, you can't, I, I mean, there's probably not one EV, new EV for sale that you could pick up today. I, I, I would, I would, I would uh, disagree with you. Uh, you could go pretty much anywhere in Canada right now and buy any Tesla you want. Okay, Tesla <laughs> is an outlier. I know I was on, I just spoke with VD, VW Canada, the very popular ID4, two and a half year waiting list in Canada. So, so the point though is, doesn't this mandate incentivize manufacturers to build more EVs and get them to our shores and to get them to European shores? And isn't that really at the heart of this, that it's all about automakers essentially having to retool factories that are making gas vehicles to build EVs because it seems the demand's there. Demand far outstrips supply right now. Right now it, uh, it does in certain places. I mean, you, you, you've got to understand uh, there's a double whammy here that, again, uh, British Columbia, 
because they have those uh, uh, they have those huge subsidies, and they also have provincial ZEV mandates, are soaking up all of the EVs that Canada can get. Um, because people um, don't get uh, uh, Ontario doesn't have a ZEV mandate provincially, and they have no subsidies. The automakers don't bother sending any cars to um, to uh, Ontario. So this, the shortage is also somewhat artificial. But yes, I mean, there's it's absolutely true that automakers have not built enough. They didn't get with the program. I mean, even even Toyota, which started the uh, um, the uh, whole electrification um, um, a revolution, um, you know, back in the year 2000 with its Prius. Uh, they they haven't built enough electric vehicles. Neither is Honda uh, and everything else. And everybody is trying to build more EVs. Um, the problem is is that the the market distortion caused by a ZEV mandate is going to hurt pretty much everyone. The for, again, uh, I'll, I'll I'll simplify it. Um, all the subsidies we are adding to electric vehicles. They do not encourage an automaker to um, uh, to build a cheaper car. Like in, in Quebec, that as I said, the, the total amount is $12,000. So the automaker has a $12,000 cushion so, uh, uh, to be able to increase his price. If that um, uh, mandate is taken away and the going price on an electric car is $52,000, they have to find a way to make it for $52,000. Right now, they can make it, in Quebec at least, they can make it for $64,000, knowing that the government kicks in $12,000 so that it gets down to whatever the market price for an EV really is. And, 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 and that's just the subsidies on the side of the, um, uh, on the consumer side. These ZEV mandates, their biggest result between now and say about 2032 is um, they're going to cause a great shortage of gas cars and and drive the price of gas cars up. So uh, imagine this, you just said automakers aren't making enough um, cars, uh, electric vehicles. So you're a General Motors, you're a, a big player. You make 250,000 uh, cars a year. You have to sell 100,000 uh, EVs to make your quota. You don't make enough. You only make 50,000, okay? Well, that means you can sell only half the amount of gas cars at the same time because you haven't reached your quota and there's a ratio, or you can go over that ratio and pay $20,000 for extra every extra gas car that you build. So either the, the price of the gas car is going to go up by 20000 to accommodate that penalty, or they're going to not, you know, let's say the market in Quebec would, would uh, for General Motors would be, um, would be 50,000 gas cars, but they only sell 10,000 EVs. Well, they'll be limited to sell 20,000 gas cars because so then there'll be a shortage of gas cars as well, which will also drive up prices. So the problem is, is that the ZEV mandates, um, they're, they're, while they, and for, uh, the, the intention is that they will force automakers to build more cars, uh, 
if they can't get to the um, quantity that uh, these CEV mandates require, they won't be allowed to sell as many gas cars. And that's just going to shrink the market. Uh, they'll be less profitable, but worse off because there's fewer cars and more buyers, as we just found out uh, recently with the supply chain shortage shortages, the price of cars when the demand is high and the supply is low is going to go uh, even higher. So it's, I would say the, the number one peril in this is that all cars, EVs and gas-powered cars are going to get more expensive as a result of this, of this, of of these rules, and there'll be just no cheap cars uh, uh, to go around, none whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, if I'm a if I'm a Toyota, if I'm a Ford, if I'm a General Motors, and I've you know I used to sell three hundred thousand gas powered cars in Canada, but now I'm limited to only one hundred and sixty thousand gas cars. But there's still a market for two hundred thousand gas cars. So what am I going to do? Am I going to ship uh, Canada uh, um, cheap cars? Am I going to build uh, uh, econo cars? Or am I going to make them all um, uh, high-priced um, um, pickups and everything else where if I'm limited to how many I'm allowed to sell, I might as well make as much profit as I possibly can for every one of them. And that is going to be for sure a, um, a, a direct result of these ZDV mandates. Absolutely. There's no way we're getting around that. So one way around it would be for those companies to sell more electric vehicles to exceed what the mandate asks. And, and, and by doing that, by creating less expensive um, urban cars that will work in Edmonton, that will work in Calgary, that will work in Sudbury um, for, for you know, second cars and things. That's a vast market. So again, doesn't it come down to the, the ingenuity of individual manufacturers to kind of sharpen their pencils and say, okay, well, we can sell a hundred thousands of these little cars and then we can sell even more gas cars. So if anything, in the long run, they're actually, they're, they're increasing their annual sales. Well, I, I... Uh, as we've discussed, we definitely need to reduce our carbon footprint. Okay, that's without question. Um, the one thing that's very interesting is when you talk to people about ZEV mandates, um, and 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 I, I, I like to use my uh, my friend Daniel Breton, uh, the CEO of uh, uh, Electric Mobility uh, Canada, in this, who's an extremely good advocate for ZEVs and is in favor of the ZEV mandate. His point is, uh, and, uh, is, is that previous systems haven't worked. And we, we've long tried to um, reduce greenhouse gases by, uh, by monitoring greenhouse gases um, on, on tailpipe emissions. And his point is that would be, and this is pretty much encapsulates every person's argument that a ZEV mandate is the only way to go, is that automakers haven't followed those rules. They've found ways to fudge it. They, they've built larger trucks. They've, they've made exceptions and loopholes uh, and demanded them from the government. And it's all very true. Um, the, um, the, the greenhouse gas restrictions, the emissions rules that both, both in Europe, though to a less degree, but especially here in North America, have not worked. The problem is that they, it, the reason they have not worked is, be, is not because limiting greenhouse gases is the wrong way to do this 
as opposed to mandating you must drive electric. It's that the laws were poorly written and more importantly, not enforced. My point would be that we would be better off, much, much better off, if we put some real um, uh, um, um, strict greenhouse gas emissions, CO2 uh, emission rules in place, and then gave them the same teeth that were given the CDV mandate. Um, the, the part that I don't, I, I, uh, leaves me wondering all the time, is, uh, in wonderment all the time, is that we're doing this Z, ZEV mandate. And as I said, if, if you sell one car, one gas car too many, you get fined $20,000 a gas car. And, 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 and in places where they already have a ZEV mandate, there's been no letting off the hook or, or anything else. Uh, you know, I mean, um, a lot of people, a lot of automakers have bought um, um, ZEV credits for the for the ZEV mandate from Tesla and Tesla gets about two billion dollars a year from other automakers looking to offset their 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 carbon credits uh, for for their gas cars. I mean, it's it's actually enforced rigorously. But why couldn't they ever re uh, enforce the um, CO2 emission standards just as rigorously? Because, I mean, one of the things that we need to address is what is the um, what is our goal here? What is the desire right now? Is it to sell electric vehicles or is it to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Because even though a greenhouse uh, uh, electric car does not produce tailpipe emissions, OK, those are not necessarily one and the same thing. Um, I'll, I'll give you a for instance, OK? Using the ZEV mandate, the way it's currently set up, um, you could have a Ford, okay, selling um, in 2028, 40% EVs. They make the number. 40% um, of their, um, um, of their, um, of their uh, products are EVs. The other 60% are gas-powered. But all their gas-powered cars, because Ford doesn't build any cars. The only cars they have is Mustang, and that's really small. The rest of what they sell is mostly huge SUVs and equally huge pickup trucks. Okay, So they meet the 60%, 40% rule so that they get, don't get fined. You take a Toyota, they could produce, say, um, a little less Maybe they only produce 30% um, uh, BEVs. And then the rest of them are hybrids, which don't count at all, and plug-in hybrids, which only count a little bit as a credit. And they could actually, so every car would be electrified in some way. They'd have electrics, plug-ins, and hybrids. And that would be every car they sell. But they wouldn't meet the ZEV mandate, they'd get fined. I did some calculations. It worked out to about $320 million, okay, because they didn't meet the ZEV mandate. But I can absolutely guarantee you that a fleet of cars of, say, 30% BEVs and the rest split between um, uh, plug-in hybrids and hybrids are going to produce a lot less greenhouse gases than a fleet being 40% Mustang Mach-E's and 60% Ford F-150s. 
So the question that the, the bigger question that we need to be asking is what is the goal? It, again, is the goal to re- sell electric cars? Then a ZEV mandate will do it. Is the goal to as cheaply as possible and as conveniently as possible to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? If that is the goal, then the ZEV mandate is not a good way to do it. Yeah, that's a, a good argument. I, th- I think it, it, it makes total sense. Um, I think the the fact is that EVs are kind of like the the sexy thing right now, and governments are all over them. But you you I, I know you've made that argument before in in motormouth columns, and it's it's one that is diff- it, it really needs to be an overall number of emission for all vehicles sold for a manufacturer. But I it this is so political. It's it's so political. And as soon as you I, especially I just was reading something about Morno. And uh, he was talking about uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and why he resigned. And it was basically because he was, as we all suspected, extremely concerned about virtual signaling and not concerned at all about policy. And this was to do with the COVID re- uh, or um, the COVID um, reactions uh, that the government did. But it's been the same with, with this policy. Um, uh, one of the research papers that is uh, from the government, they say, um, that the total amount of electricity that is going to be needed in extra of what we have now um, by 2035 for EVs is 1.5% more. And by 2050, when all cars are electric, is 2.5% more. I, 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 I got I to say this as bluntly as possible. I can't smoke enough marijuana, high-grade THC marijuana, to say something that stupid. Okay, it's 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 unbelievable how stupid that is. We just did a a, a, a panel on infrastructure, as you well know. Um, 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 uh, maybe we could shout it out later in uh, in in the podcast. Um, and I had a a bunch of experts. One of them from SNC Lavalin. Now they were talking about all green electric, uh, all green initiatives, and how much electricity will will it will take. Um, and they were saying the equivalent of the same dates that the, uh, that this government paper is talking about of 19 Bruce nuclear plants or 115 BC hydro site C plants to accommodate all the promises we've made. Now, cars don't account for all of them, but they count for a big proportion of them. And basically, all the green promises uh, we've talked about um, for the future in Canada are going to require exactly twice as much electricity as we currently generate, okay? Not 1.2% or 1.3% by 2035 for cars and 2.3%, I think it was, by 2050. I mean, and so basically the thing that I've learned um, is that when it comes to the regulation of greenhouse gas emissions, and the subsidization of cars and the ZEV mandates, the people in charge um, in the federal Liberal Party are simply incompetent. Uh, I I, want to say that that's not just a a political statement uh, against the Liberals. Um, uh, Minister Champagne, who handles the part about uh, that Canada is currently trying to do, which is to build more electric vehicles in Canada, um, uh, uh, going around the world and trying to sell Canada's abilities uh, and such that he's doing a masterful job. So this isn't just a political shot. He's competent. Unfortunately, Mr. Gilbo is not at all.
Well, thank you, David. I, I was going to ask you your opinion, but I think we've just received it. So um, thank you for, uh, well, thanks for having me part of this inaugural podcast. It's been a pleasure. Th these subjects are really, really important. And if I can just leave with two thoughts, two thoughts for, for the readers. One is that an absolute guaranteed uh, response to the ZEV thing, ZEV mandate will be that all cars, but especially gas cars will get more expensive in the future. And the second thing is, is what we discussed just a minute ago, which is we need to decide what we want to do here. Do we, is promotion of electric vehicles the goal or is the goal to reduce carbon emissions? Um, they are parallel paths, but they are not exactly the same. And, and I would suggest that the best thing that we could do is to reduce carbon emissions and actually put some teeth in, um, in, in that kind of legislation. All right. Thank you, David. And, I, and just one correction there. You did say readers, but of course, this is not for you. So uh, they're, they're listeners. So anyway, I'm sure people caught that. So thanks very much for joining David and myself on the inaugural Motor Mouth podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll have another one coming out in about three weeks time. Be sure to look for David's weekly Motor Mouth column on driving.ca every Friday. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. And be sure to subscribe to the Motormouth Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Until next time. <laughs>